You're listening to The Morning Joe Rant Show. A dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy the Wild Ride podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. Ellen, welcome back. Um, so the first thing I just wanted to talk about real quick, 64% of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. That is crazy. Um, and we all know already with all the gas prices and stuff, I think the national average they said was like $4.15 or $4 and something cents. Um, that's the national average. So there's a lot of people that are like, well, it's been $4 before. It's it's, But it's it was never, I think, the national average of $4. So like in Chicago, where I grew up around, I know in 2001, when we first invaded Iraq, um, gas shot up shit tons. And I was driving a big ass conversion van at the time, which was so stupid because I was touring with, or not touring, but I was, I was kind of like the, the band driver for our band. And so I purchased a conversion van to store all of our equipment, which was the stupidest idea ever. Cause it just put me into debt stupidly. Anyway, at that time though, gas was insane. And I'm like, this thing is a gas guzzler and I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so I downsized and got a smaller vehicle and stuff like that. But I just remember gas was like, it got up to almost $4 a gallon at that point. Um, but anyway, so the national average is like $4 and something cents, which um, I think is, I think it's a new all-time high. I don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But 64% of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. Gas prices are crazy. Inflation's getting real crazy. Paychecks are still dwindling down low. There's a lot of shit going on. Um, so the first story I'm going to talk about real quick is the IPCC report was just as damning, uh, damaging as the original leak of the report from 2021, which it led on to be. Like I knew it was going to be, and most people did. So real quick, I'm just going to read a few headlines about it. Then I'm going to read some details that, that like they brought out to talk about. So the first thing is some of the headlines are nuts. Um, oh no, I think my thing went away with the IPCC report. Okay, so I'm not gonna read any of the headlines because it went away and I'm not gonna try to find it right now. But I have an article from The Guardian that kind of sums up a little bit of what they're doing. So they just released, um, they still have to release another part of this whole IPCC report. And I don't know when they're gonna release it, but they just, just for now, um, they just put out a par- portion of it and I'm going to read some of the snippets. So some of the takeaways from this is um, half of the world's people are highly vulnerable to serious impacts from the climate crisis. A billion people in coastal areas face inundation, mass die-offs of species, including trees and coral, have already begun, and close to a tenth of the world's farmland is set to become unsustainable for agriculture. This is just in the next couple years, too, people. This isn't like decades. This is like we are at the moment now. Um, so, okay, this was just the second of four parts of the of the IPCC's uh, report. So there's there's still more coming out. This is just the second part of it. Um, there's something else I want to be done. Uh, okay, so will adaption be enough? No, there are hard limits to adaption. And the IPPC, IPCC made clear 
The impacts of temperature rising unchecked would overcome all of our efforts to adjust. Blood barriers may hold back a river in spate today, but as the ice caps and glaciers melt, as heat waves take hold, and as uh, droughts threaten agriculture, we'll face too many threats and they will grow too severe for any adaptation effort to allow life to proceed as normal. Um, how uh, greenhouse gas emissions urgently need uh, to stop temperatures, cutting greenhouse gas emissions urgently to stop rising further must still be a priority. According to the IPCC, how should it be done? The IPCC will release the third part of its four-part assessment by working group three covering mitigation, the ways in which countries can reduce greenhouse gas emissions, which I'm just going to phrase it now. They're not going to, people are not going to want to cut um, what's happening. Like we're too comfortable, especially in Western civilization. Um, and again, I'm part of this. Like I'm not, I am not excluded from this whole thing. Like we're all guilty of it, um, which is the sad part. So I'm going to keep moving on. I really just wanted that to be kind of a quick clip. Um, and the 64% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck and the gas stuff. So I really want to touch on when politicians don't know what they're talking about or say something stupid. And I have three people in particular. There's Paul Gosar from Arizona, Liz Warren, and uh, Lindsey Graham. All three of them said some really dumb stuff. And... I, I'm the only reason I'm doing this is because part of the part of the problem is on the right people are like well you never pick on the left it's like no that's not true it's just the left say stupid things but they're still intelligent with what they're saying the right just says stupid shit to rile up their stupid fan base and it's like it doesn't even make sense like the logic behind it is so dense um, and I'm gonna prove it right now so Paul Gosart um, where did I put that so I got the Elizabeth Warren one where did it go? Hmm. Hang on a sec, guys. Where did the Paul Gosart one go? Well, I have it right here. Hang on a second. Okay. So he said, this was back in 20, uh, 2021, October 10th. <laughs> Such an idiot. Even if climate change were real, it isn't, is what he's saying. There's obviously solutions these top scientists are ignoring. I have an ice maker in my basement. It can make gallons of ice cubes in a day. Can't we just make a few million of these machines and replace this allegedly melting ice? Okay. First off, your sarcasm, if that's what it is, isn't funny. You're not taking it serious for the younger generations that this legit is happening. But again, you say it right there. Even if climate change were real, it isn't, because he puts it, it isn't in parentheses. There's obviously solutions these top scientists are ignoring. Let me say this. This guy is a dentist. What is he doing commenting on climate change anyway? Like, if you look at the fucking science of it all, and again, I'm not a climate scientist, but I'm listening to the people that are fucking climate scientists, not to a guy that's a dentist. That's like me saying, don't don't have fluoride for your teeth. It's proven that fluoride works for your teeth. Now, whether they should put it in the water supply or not, I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist that knows that stuff. But fluoride does benefit your teeth. We do know that. That's like me saying something to Paul Gosar about something stupid with dental, like he's an idiot and I'm the smart one. Dude, you went to school for being a dentist, but you didn't go to school for being a fucking climate scientist. 
And you just saying it isn't real because you just want to choose to believe it is exactly the goddamn problem. And then your dumbass voter base who thinks that you're just a fucking clever person, which I don't understand why, because you're not actually listening or following the data and the science behind it. You're commenting and your stupid comment of it can make your ice maker in your basement can make gallons of ice cubes in a day. You do realize that emits more carbon emission, which is the bigger fucking problem here than making ice. Like, again, you're you're not taking your head out of your ass. The bigger problem is the carbon emissions, is the um, the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which is exactly what we're doing when we produce ice cubes. Now, granted, we all love drinking fresh uh, frozen or cold drinks. I'm not going to deny that. I love cold water. But that's the point. Like, you're missing, and you're so dense about it. So I'm not just going to pick on him. There's other people here. Like, like Elizabeth Warren said some, some dumbass shit, and she said some stuff about um, cryptocurrency in the Ukraine. Um, where did I put that one? Okay, so Elizabeth Warren. Oh, man. And I used to really like Elizabeth Warren, but that started to change when she's really gone over the deep end. And she's in her 70s. And again, I am not a anti-generational person. Like, I think every generation should have a voice. But when the predominancy of the older generation doesn't understand something, and then they just spew shit out. So she wrote back, um, this was a couple couple days ago. Let me see, what time, what day was it? It was eight days ago. So this was March 1st. Cryptocurrencies risk undermining sanctions against Russia, allowing Putin and his cronies to evade economic pain. U.S. financial regulators need to take this threat seriously and increase their, their scrutiny of digital assets. Elizabeth Warren shut the hell up. First off, I am not for nor against crypto, but she has no fucking clue what she's talking about. A. Sanctions hurt more the citizens of those countries than they do the actual fucking governments. And let me just say this. If people were to sanction the U.S., like if NATO were to be like, you're doing bad things, we're going to sanction you, that's going to affect us as citizens. We're not going to get pissed off at our political leaders because we're too dense to realize they're the assholes that are doing all this. We're going to get pissed off at the goddamn country that's saying you need to do, you know. Secondly, just to prove the point that she has no clue what she's saying, So the Ukraine government came out and said, stand with the people of Ukraine, now accepting cryptocurrency donations, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and U.S. uh, digital uh, tether. Um, The people of Ukraine are grateful for the support and donations from the global crypto community as we protest our freedom. We are now accepting Polkadot donations, which is a cryptocurrency. So she's sitting here saying, she's, she's sitting here saying, Cryptocurrencies risk undermining sanctions against Russia. So we need to, regulators need to take the threat seriously, increase the scrutiny of digital assets. So she's saying we need to stop the digital assets of cryptocurrency. What's happening is the Ukrainians are actually using it to benefit themselves to get donations and stuff because it's so much easier to transfer funds through crypto. It's instant, it's secure. And as much as everybody wants to act like it's a black market, I've already proven this. I've talked about it on the fucking podcast. I've talked about it on my crypto podcast. There's only about uh, chain analysis did the did the uh, analysis on it. It's like less than a percent that is actually used from cryptocurrency for the black market. 
And that's just because it's really only pseudo-anonymous. I'm not going to get into this whole crypto talk. The point I'm trying to make is, Elizabeth Warren, shut the hell up. You don't know what you're saying. It's fine if you want to sanction Russia, but you sanctioning Russia is, is not going to hurt them. It's going to hurt their people. And a lot of people are against Putin in Russia, which a lot of people in the United States are against the American government. So just think about that, Elizabeth Warren. Many people want the 500 plus assholes like you in charge out of fucking office, especially you older generation people who have been in office for way too fucking long and don't understand things. Now, um, the other thing I will say is it just makes me laugh that they say these things without any concept of understanding it. And again, I am not a guru with cryptocurrency, but I know enough about it to be like, that's not true. That's not how it works. And again, I have said this before, 98% of fucking crypto is bullshit and stupid people fall for stupid shit and scams. But 2% of that is actual legit. And that 2% is good enough to keep it going because it is changing the financial industry in a beneficial way. And it's taking control out of the major banks and putting it into individuals' hands. Um, the last one I want to talk about for the stupid fucking political... I'm sorry, this is a long one, but Lindsey Graham. Holy shit. I just want to say if any U.S. citizen said what this dude said, holy crap, we would be in jail for it. Senator Lindsey Graham's apparent call for Putin to be assassinated draws backlash. So what did he say? Is there, a, is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful colonial uh, Stauffenberg in the Russian military? He tweeted this shit. He actually fucking tweeted this the other day, um, which is crazy. You'd be doing your country and the world a great service. Why am I bringing this up? I don't like Putin. I think he's a fucking asshole. Just like I think Lindsey Graham's a fucking asshole. I just want people to understand if anybody else said this, if a U.S. citizen said this about any other political leader, right or left, there would be major repercussion, which there should be. You're threatening someone's life. Why does a U.S. senator, a U.S. congressman get away with it? Anybody else would be handcuffed. This is the type of shit that I'm talking about when these 500 plus people are fucking untouchable and it's bullshit. Nobody should be saying that shit. And it, it's just fucking crazy to me that people don't see the hypocrisy in this shit. And, and again, I don't like political people. I'm not sitting here calling for their fucking goddamn assassination. I am calling for them to be out of office and... In, in a firm fucking way because Lindsey Graham's been in office for way too fucking long, just like most of them. Um, it's so crazy to me that people don't think this is fucking bullshit on both sides of the spectrum. I don't like Putin. I think he's a big fucking asshole. I don't think, though, posting this out there is, as a political leader in, America, in, in the United States, is a good fucking thing to do. Anyway... Maybe I'm alone in this principle and there's people that are like, you're a fucking idiot, shut up. That's fine. You, I don't, you have a right to your own opinion, but I just find that hypocritical. I can't say that about any political leader. I can't tell you how much I fucking dislike Trump or, or Obama or Bush or anybody and then sit there and tell you that like somebody should go assassinate them. So why should this guy? Like, that's bullshit. 
Anyway, I, I'm going to move on from that because originally I was going to get, I had a thing to say about it, but I didn't write it down and now I don't remember. So the next thing I want to talk about is um, what's happening in America today. My response to Thomas Homer Dixon on um, of the Royal Rose University's Cascade Institute's opinion piece. So Thomas Homer Dixon wrote this opinion piece about Trump and how we have to stop him at all costs or prepare for democracy in the U.S. to collapse. Now, I don't disagree with him that the U.S. political system is fucking collapsing. It's been collapsing, though, before Trump ever got into office. And I'm going to go into my little spiel. I'm going to include the article about what he said in here. It was from Inside Edition. But basically, he said, stop Donald Trump at all costs or prepare for democracy in the U.S. to collapse, political scientist says. Um, just real quick. He's a, it was an impassioned opinion piece from this past month, from um, February 24th. I'm just going to read a snippet, and then I'm going to read what on my responses. Democracy in the United States is set to fail. That is, unless Americans can stop Donald Trump from winning a second term of presidency. Those were the words of warning one Canadian political scientist had for his neighboring country. Okay, listen, Thomas Homer Dixon. I'm going to just speak as an American citizen here. I'm, I'm probably alone in my principles, and maybe there's some people that agree with me. Trump is the symptom, not the cause. He deserves to be hated, but simply stopping him won't stem the tide that created him. He's a clever idiot who became the face of it, and there are a hundred others who could take up the mantle waiting in the wings. Tucker Carlson, um, Lauren Bobart, you know, Obama, whatever her name is from Colorado, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, enter in person's name. Stop Trump without stopping the social forces that caused his rise will do nothing. It'll stave off the path of the future for one more election cycle, maybe, during which, unless actual major changes to improve people's lives and change the current order are implemented, we'll be right back on track for another Trump-type person, likely a more competent one. One whose manipulation of the, re of the reactionary movements of America is based more on calculation than Trump's fairly simple-minded, um, avaricious self-worship. Self what this person said in their opinion piece is broadly true, but the things people think will solve it, arresting the obvious criminal Trump, censoring the internet, whatever, aren't going to stop anything. You might as well put a bandage on someone who's having a heart attack. The problem is American reaction, and the problem goes deep, deep enough that solving it is a multi-generational multi issue, which involves time that we do not have. Giving people a better life without help, well, um, with, would I'm sorry, giving people a better life would quell, would help quell some of the re, uh, rationing insanity we're experiencing. It would reignite faith in institutions which have lost legitimacy over the years among more and more people. But that's one thing that neither the DNC nor the RNC will do. Hence, minimum wage never got pushed like Biden promised. So don't tell me it's the DNC that would fix it because it's not. America has sown the seeds for this in, in countless countries around the world. And we are now reaping the harvest in our own society. Stopping him in particular won't change anything. To stave this off, you'd have to fundamentally change what American society is, which nobody fundamentally wants anything to change. Right, Biden? This is a both sides issue. Just understand that without fundamental changes to the inequality and cruelty of our economic and political life, something that I think we can all agree the establishments on both sides have shown an utter unwillingness to undertake. 
They know the problem is the gutting of middle America at the hands of capital where the wealthiest 1% now controls over 70% of all wealth in the U.S., according to the Fed, and they will only continue to consolidate. So again, Trump is the symptom, not the cause. So that's my reaction to this guy's opinion piece where it's, no, no Trump at any cost. Like, I don't disagree with him, but... Biden's not doing shit either, and you're just going to get another Trump until you systematically change what fundamentally won't change, according to Biden. So I'm going to move on to the next one. Um, uh, Facebook causing catastrophic damage to climate by failing to deal with misinformation research finds. And I have this one. Where did it go? Uh, right here. So this was an op-ed, or not op-ed, this was an article from Independent um, UK. So Facebook causing catastrophic damage to climate by failing to deal with misinformation. Authors of a new study accuse Mark Zuckerberg of causing pollution of the information ecosystem. Yeah, it sure is. Facebook's labeling of climate misinformation has fallen short of its commitments in the area, according to new research, with activists accusing it of polluting the information ecosystem. A study by the Center for Countering Digital Hate, CCDH, found that the social media giant failed to add warning labels to just over half of the posts from the top 10 publishers of climate change uh, denial articles. I don't even want to read more of this. The research focused on articles from what it calls the toxic 10. The 10 publishers that account for 69% of Facebook users' interaction with climate change denial articles. And predominantly, Facebook is what? A boomer generation um, cesspool. I don't know why baby boomers insist on going to Facebook for their news media. You guys should not be doing that. If you listen to this show, I would um, highly recommend, you know, not going to Facebook and looking that up because that's exactly part of the problem. Um, I, I, it's just, again, filters into the IPCC report where it's nothing's going to change because people don't believe in it because people like Paul Gosar and all the other side of the on that aisle just refuse. Well, there's Democrats that... Joe Manchin's and Kristen Cinemas too, Kirsten, whatever her name is, deny it too. So there's nothing we can fucking do about it because it's fucking ridiculous and nobody wants to hear it. But I just thought that was funny because Facebook's causing issues with this. And it's like, we all know this is misinformation. And the boomers just like to spread it more and more in denial. Um, I'm going to move on with that. I was going to go into the U.S. hits a gas record. Oh, it was $4.14 a gallon. Um, but I'm not going to touch on that because I talked about it before. We all know it. I don't need to say anything. But I got my last one that I'm going to do. And this is half of U.S. exposed to harmful lead levels as kids. This gets interesting. So um, this was from uh, AP News. And it's hilarious but sad at the same time. Over 170 million U.S.-born people who were adults in 2015 were exposed to harmful levels of lead as children, as a new study estimates. Researchers used blood lead level, blood lead, blood lead level census and leaded gasoline consumption data to examine how widespread early childhood lead exposure was in the country between 1940 and 2015. In a paper published, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences on Monday, they estimated that half the U.S. adult population in 2015 had been exposed to lead levels surpassing 5 micrograms per deciliter, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention Threshold for Harmful Lead Exposure at the time. 
Um, the scientists from Florida State University and Duke University also find that 90% of children born in the U.S. between 1950 and 1981, hey, that's me, had blood lead levels higher than the CDC threshold. And the researchers found significant impact on cognitive development. On average, early childhood exposure to lead resulted in a 2.6 point drop in IQ. The researchers only examined lead exposure caused by leaded gasoline, the dominant form of exposure from the 1940s to the late 1980s, according to data from the U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, leaded gasoline for on-road vehicles was phased out starting in the 1970s, then finally banned in 1996. Okay, I need to read something that I wrote down on this. So I did a previous podcast. This was last year. I think it was in 2021 about how the lead industry, basically the oil industry um, propagandized, of course, and didn't during congressional hearings. So I'm, I'm going to read this real quick. Because I did it on Claire Patterson and Herb Needleman. It was back in a podcast previous. So Claire Peterson, a geochemist, and Herb Needleman, a pediatrician. These two men shared a passion about the dangers of lead and devoted their lives to measuring lead in the environment, um, finding out where it was coming from and how it was making people sick. Both men were willing to go to battle to get lead out of the environment to protect public health. Literally, it took two decades they started in the 1950s, two decades fighting in congressional hearings to even get a serious thoughts from political leaders because the lobbying from the oil industry was so large. They took two decades to get in front of congressional hearings to finally make a change. It wasn't until, like the article said, um, 19, what is it, 1970, oh, I just read it, now I can't find it. Um, oh, that's the wrong article. It was 1970s, they f and they finally banned it in 1996. So two decades, they fought from the 50s to the 60s, those two men single-handedly for congressional hearing. So Chris, pa Chris Patterson measured the, uh, sorry, Claire Patterson measured the age of the earth and in the process discovered that the environment was contaminated with lead. Herb Needleman showed the effects of lead on the health of children. And even after they proved all this, it took about a decade. So you're talking the 1970s to slowly phase it out. It took over two decades still to get it fully out of, out of, to be removed. Ancient Romans had lead pl plumbing, like they piped water through lead pipes. And they knew in Roman times that lead caused major issues. They were able to find that out. I am not shitting you. And we still, we were still in fucking denial. Again, neither side cares about you when money is involved. They don't give a shit, which has been the predominant thing of my podcast. And I know people hate that I say it because it's the lesser of two evils. They are both fucking evil. They do not care about you. You have to start realizing there are good ideas that are out there. And it's not a political side. It's an idea. Like, stop basing it around a, an identity. Have ideas that are open-minded. The climate crisis is fucking real. This lead shit was real. Like, they didn't do anything to stop it for four decades. That is how slow it moves in congressional hearings and in Congress and 
because they are so in, intertwined with lobbying. But I know people just hate me going off on this shit. And it's like, well, don't, I don't like go start a podcast and go spew your own shit. I don't care. But like critically think about this shit, people like, <laughs> and the fact that Claire Patterson and Herb Needleman were actual, like they studied their asses off for this shit. And people in Congress, they weren't even scientists. Like that's the joke of it. They wouldn't listen to them. And they're the people that study it. And that's the situation we're in. So anyway, it's been almost a half hour. I don't want to fucking go off too crazy, but I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you all have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by Connect Go Internet Inc. Bringing your business to the future, connectgo.com.